What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Cheers from the Press Box. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif, joined as always by the Beanie Boy himself, What's Headphone Joe. What's going on, Brennan? How you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. We got a lot to discuss. If you are new to the show, quick rundown. We're going to start off the same way we do every week, where we're going to go over some of the major topics and some of the major sports. We're going to use quick hits. It's just going to be a back and forth. Quick, quick, quick hits. Never quick. Quick version to talk about some tertiary sports, talk about some things we want to talk about, some more in-depth stuff. And then we're going to go to the walk-off, which is a short essay portion for Joe and myself. And we'll finish it up with the press conference. But first, let's start this week the same way we do every week. Let's kick it off. Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Here we go. Joe, we have a ton to discuss. Mainly... Mainly, mainly NBA finals. It is set right home. We've got the Milwaukee Bucks fear the deer going against the Phoenix Suns, the Valley of the fire Valley of the, whatever they call it. The Valley. I think (laughs) it is right. (laughs) Just the Valley. First, before we get into the finals, let's talk about since uh, it's really hot there since um, it's been a week since we've talked to all of our listeners, yes. uh, the lovely people, and you and I have talked to each other about this. Let's go over the um, Eastern Conference yes. Finals uh, first. So, so Giannis I, out, Trey Young yeah, I hurt. I think uh, the last time we were speaking in microphones, uh, Trey had just got hurt, and the Bucks won game three. Yep. And then game four, Atlanta goes bananas. We all thought, oh, pack it in. Trey's not playing. They're done. Atlanta goes bananas. And in that game of Atlanta going bananas, Giannis hyperextends his knee. They say no structural damage. I don't know what that really means at the end of the day. Um, and then there, I, my mind switched like, oh, the Bucks are done. The Bucks are done. They just got killed with Giannis. On and the now he's out. Like yeah. Three-fourths of that game. And now he's out. It's over. Game five. Fucking the Bucks. It go was off. insane. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is... This is the most volatile series where I'm like, every game is a different game, literally. Literally. Um, you need to apologize. You need to apologize to Chris Milton because you said he couldn't replicate I, I do. game. I two. do. <laughs> so what are we saying? Are we saying like B level superstar? Because he's not a super duper star, but he's not no, he's not a superstar, but he's a he's a he's an all-star caliber player. Oh, for sure. And it was but he's not he's not marketable. That's a, that's when you're like superstar when you're like you're gonna get commercials and yeah. sponsorship. Like he's not that. But I didn't think kind of like Joe Johnson was never that. But like, <laughs> I forgot Joe about Johnson Joe Johnson. Floor, you know, he going to handle his biz. Yeah, I honestly thought, you know, Chris Middleton with everything going on, put the team on his back, you know, and we saw I was really frustrated with that game, game three, because Atlanta was leading almost that entire game. And then, you know, Chris Middleton started going off and then you could tell Atlanta didn't have the squad on the floor that I, that you would think they would have out there to defend. Plus they were missing Hunter. I mean the whole playoffs, but he was the guy who would have been on Chris Middleton. Yeah. They were really yeah. playing Cam Reddish in that game three for sure. But fast forward to game six, Milwaukee, it kind of leads this whole entire game. Um, but it's close. It's a four point game, the entire game. And then the fucking third yeah. quarter, Chris Middleton has another fucking game three type of third quarter where he has like 23 points and the Hawks have like 29 total in that quarter. The Bucks went off for like 40 some. It's like a 20 point game. And then the Hawks start coming back late in the game. It, it was 
so compelling and confusing. Cam Reddish uh, made a name for himself, gets hidden three after three, dagger after dagger. They got it within six. And then at the moment where you thought Trey was going to, you know, because Trey was able to get back to the floor, but he he just wasn't right. Yeah. And it's uh, it was frustrating because it seems like such an innocuous injury. You know, he just took yeah. a step back, wasn't expect was expecting it to be a flat service, and it like, wasn't. I've done that a thousand times. Yeah, and it's when they said bone bruise, I was like, yeah. I mean, I, I was like bone. Yeah, bruise? I was like, it looked bad, but he just. I thought he just kind of rolled his ankle a little bit, but yeah, I thought it was a tweaked ankle. It was, and you could tell he was grimacing. He was trying to fight through it, and as we've discussed on the show before, Trey Young is afraid of nothing or nobody. <laughs> gotta say though, gotta say though, he, we've see, he's not afraid of anything and anybody, but we've seen him doing a lot of insurance fraud, faking fouls and whatnot. Yeah, were those grimaces for the cameras? I'm uh, missing they, a shot. I'm gonna yeah. throw a little grimace on this. Well, and uh, uh, Paul George <laughs> is. Um, I remember what was it two years ago in the playoff series where he had a bad shoulder. that shoulder. yeah the shoulder <laughs> he had that horrible game seven and he then came he came off and he was just like ah he came to the ah. press conference with like fourteen bags of ice on his shoulder yeah <laughs> and it always reminds me of guys in the gym whenever they try to like lift like way more than they should be and then they rack it and they're like ah you know the shoulder <laughs> it's like no nah, man like you weren't gonna be able to do that anyway and so. It was very, I, I mean, Trey Young, he does have a flair for the uh, pension for the dramatic. So maybe he was, and like, I understand he's a smaller guard. Um, so he's more susceptible to injuries and stuff. But again, it was such a freak thing that it's just kind of like, is it that bad? Or are you, maybe you don't think you're going to play as well. So you're kind of overhyping it. So people are like, well, he's hurt. <sighs> Well, him taking well, he took what, one or two games off. So I can two, yeah. Him taking two games off, it has there has to be some level of severity. But the the level of grimacing he was doing on the floor, I'm like, all right, all, all right, right, man. I've played like with a like a tweaked knee, and I haven't grimaced as much as you. You you look like the fucking hamburger <laughs> boys. Like, Jesus Christ, like man, it was insane. But I mean, it's still. Herter, he had no they had no support. Uh, yeah. The only person that really was going off was Reddish Herter didn't show up. Gallinari kind of resurged his career. He's looking really good. Um Lou Will had a great what, what one game I want to say filling in for Trey but yeah. didn't give much else other than that. Yeah, his game 4 was good but then then after that it kind of yeah. And then that was the other thing too is that this um Atlanta can feel good about this season. I mean, I, I'd be the first to say they can feel great. There's no moral victories in sports, you know what, but huh? I'm going to talk about that in my walk. There you go. There you go. Ooh. Oh, Joe with the teaser. So yeah, mm. they, um, they accomplished a lot more and all of us, all of us saw a Trey young transformation. If you would have said at the beginning of the season, this guy is going to transform his game and play outside of himself, I would have called you an insane person. To quote Denzel Washington and remember the Titans, I would have said, are you outside your mind? But he did. He transformed the way we, uh, most people from the outside looking in saw him as a player, which is a huge accomplishment, especially that young. And we've brought it up no before. But that, Lu oh yeah, that Luca <laughs> trade doesn't seem as detrimental as we would have thought. I just want to put on the record. I called that. By the way, I said this. They were going to have a good year this year. Um, because you did. Playing, you had. That. I believe well you had that last season, and they started this season really well, and then they took a real lull, and then until they fired Lloyd Pierce, and that's when Nate McMillan took them to the next level. They couldn't close out games with Lloyd yeah. for some reason. Um, what was the question? Oh, the Luca trade. Um, 
the narrative on that is just we didn't know they would get these many uh serviceable players. So like with Cam Reddish, yeah. DeAndre Hunter, uh what's my guy? Kevin Herter. I was like, all right, these are a bunch of guys that kind of have uh, honestly overlapping qualities. They're kind of around the same size, same height, same position. So it's like, are they going to find effective ways to use them? And two years later, yeah, they have found effective ways to use all of them. So it's like, yep. all right, yeah, they have a good cornerstone. Um, John Collins being the oldest of all the pieces, he's coming up for a contract, uh, I believe this year. So they have to figure out what they're going to do with that because if he leaves, that's going to be a real issue because uh, they're going to have to pay him something and then Trey's up next year. So, yeah. And so, we, I mean, we all assume Trey is going to take the extension, yeah, obviously. Exactly. But he's they've they've been playing really well, and let's not like you know gloss over the Milwaukee Bucks. But they this is long, I called this weeks ago. <laughs> this is but this is long overdue yes. for them. Uh, Three you years know, in the making, have, honestly. Back to back MVP. Yeah, you've got you went out and you get Drew Holiday. You've got these pieces in place. And then we knew Chris Middleton could play. I mean, honestly, I didn't know he could play like that consistently. That's a very Jamal Murray kind of thing from last year where I was like, yeah, it was good, but can he keep doing it? And then the whole playoffs, he's like, yeah, watch me. Um, So, yeah, watch this. So I'm interested um, to see the matchup moving on to the West. They are going to face the Phoenix Suns, DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, Devin Booker and company, um, who beat the Clippers, a Kawhi-less Clippers team. Six games. I want to know. Yeah, it was a six game series. I I thought with Kawhi, I, I said it. I thought Kawhi was going to come back. I thought they were just trying to keep it under the rug like a lot of NFL teams do. You had that. You said there's no way he's coming back. You called it. I honestly thought he'd fight through it. But nobody knows. Nobody ever knows what's going on with Kawhi. He, he, he does yep. that for a reason. So um, and the teams do that, too. I mean, yeah, back to when the the mysterious injury first occurred in San Antonio like we never really got clarification on what it was they kept shrouding it in mystery and then he played like three games and then left and never played again and then he got traded to Toronto so no one's ever been like fully upfront about what is going on I think I think he has just degenerative knees and yeah, teams are just trying to help him maintain it. Brandon Roy. We saw it with yeah. Brandon Roy. Brandon Roy. Um, they literally said in the draft, if you draft Brandon Roy, you'll get maybe four to six years out of him. And then his knees will be yeah, gone. Knees and will be shot. they still took him. So, yeah. And God damn, was Brandon Roy great for those four to six years. Uh, yeah, they, he was awesome. Brandon Roy was a fucking hoop. But then he just couldn't. One day he just couldn't yeah. play anymore. And he'd have flashes and the thing here with Kawhi and there, is, It was never the same. Yeah, it was gone. I understand why he would be standoffish towards the medical staff after what happened in San Antonio. You know, them clearing him to play, him be basically fe- feeling like he had to play, and he was yeah, he wasn't, wasn't right. And I totally get his mistrust because at the end of the day, the medical staff yep. works for the team, and it's their job. You would think it would be in their best interest, the long-term health of a superstar, but on, at the end of the day, it's their job to get these guys on the court to win games for the team right now. Yeah. So because of that, every other team has placated to his every fucking whim. So, but uh, to yeah. the game, to the game. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about this game. So six. Game five, no, before game six, game five, me and you, okay. I thought it was ending that night. Cause I think we were recording on a, on a Sunday or Monday. I don't know anymore, but I said it was over game five. Call it a day. And Paul George went off for what? 41 points. 
uh, and made a case that, you know what, I'm a playoff performer. He had a very, very, very good game. And then game... Yeah, 41 points, 13 boards, and uh, six assists for that game. And game six rolled around. And you know what? For a while there, it looked like the Clippers might pull off the comeback. It was close the whole way. And then Chris Paul happened. Chris Paul, yep, who has been criticized for never making a finals. Look, me and you have talked about our apologies because we have shit-talked him way more than we needed to. Um, yeah. <laughs> And then come to find out, he was the, the factor everywhere. in <laughs> making a lot of teams much better um, everywhere. My, all my yeah. thing was like, okay, you're the factor, but you're also the factor of them not taking that extra step. I don't want to hear a small point guard. Isaiah Thomas was yep. a small point guard, and he got the Detroit Pistons to the finals and won the finals. So it was like, you need to do better. And you know what? He said, game six, fuck it. I'm, I'm going to do it. Everybody's been asking me to do it. 41 points. Yep. Seven of eight from three. He only missed. Yeah, I'm trying to do the math real fast. He only missed eight shots in this entire game. Like he went bonkers. Not to mention eight assists and eight dimes. Oh, and zero turnovers. <laughs> I didn't even notice it. Which is not that is actually something I think out of like the eight or ten players. Thirty-five minutes. I mean, yeah. There's out of like the eight or 10 players. I heard the stat on a podcast out of the eight or 10 players who have gotten double digits assists with zero turnovers. He has like four of those. Yeah, slots. No, he's, he's a madman. Um, but yeah, so he, he went bananas. Uh, Devin Booker finally played without the mask. Uh, his shooting honestly needs to get right. He hasn't been shooting well since that headbutt from uh, Pat Bev, who we'll talk yeah, about. Yeah, he's been off. Yeah. But um, yeah, his shooting needs to get right. And DeAndre Aiden, Brendan, you said it earlier in the in the Nuggets series. He's been playing better than any of us would have anticipated. 16 and 17 on the floor. Jay Crowder making me eat my words. I've been shit talking him to my brother for a while now. Um, but yeah. <laughs> also, DeAndre Aiden, five offensive rebounds. Um, you know, he had 17 overall, but five offensive rebounds, which is doubled up on anybody else in the series. Um, so just in that one game. Yeah. So that's, that's impressive. Brandon, Except Tory Craig who had four, but he also plays for the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> you asked for uh, somebody else on the uh, Clippers to step up and uh, beat Paul George in scoring. And they probably didn't want it, but you know, Marcus Morris got 26. Yeah. Uh, Paul George, 42 got minutes for the 21. big man. Paul George, you got to take more than 15 shots. I, I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, no, no, no. Our guy, Reggie Jackson. I thought he was, I thought, you yeah. know, 37 minutes. I thought he was going to be something, but he was four at 12 um, for shooting. And then two at seven no, from three. So Boogie. Boogie was on the floor a lot. Uh, so yeah. yeah. 14 yeah, minutes. Right, Zubak didn't play. Zubak was hurt from the previous game, game five. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting because the Clippers big thing was uh, for most of the season and especially for most of the playoffs was to go small when they were in bad, tough spots, because normally the um, center on the opposing team is a liability when you go small. But DeAndre Ayton is yeah. not that same liability. So they needed to play mm -hmm. Zubak a little bit more because they couldn't go small because Ayton can keep up. Um, and then for with him yeah. being hurt, that just kind of that put the kibosh up, on that whole plan. In that previous game, Zubak had like a. I know Zubak had a really good game, but I just want to see the stats. Uh, da, 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 da. Wait. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, the Clippers, their whole philosophy seemed like we're going to go small. If we get in a tough spot, we'll go small. And then they go against Phoenix, and it's like, ah, shit. 
I don't think we're going to be able to go small. Yeah. You uh, got the Zuma stat? didn't play game five either. He got hurt in the, oh, he got hurt in the slugfest game. Yeah. Where he had 13 and 14. He was out five uh, and six, wasn't he? Yeah, he was five and six. I thought it was just uh, six. My bad. Um, but yeah, so uh, okay, well, should we talk about the push now? We've, we've, uh, Let's talk about it. Okay. So I think somewhere in the fourth. Oh, you're quarter, talking about the CP3 push? Yeah. Somewhere yeah. in the fourth quarter, um, Pat Bev, Tim's and Gene. Let it get to him. Hall of Fame. Let it get to him. Um, he was getting done up and uh, he had had enough. And Chris Paul was walking off the floor after hitting a big shot and he just cold cockle pushed him in the back. Yeah. Shoving him to the ground. Push him in the back. And then everyone was like, oh, Chris Paul must have said something. I watched that replay 13 times. Chris Paul doesn't say yeah, anything. Which, okay, so. Unless he says it really Jeff Dunham style <laughs> under his breath without moving his mouth, he doesn't say anything. Two things. I don't know that you know Chris Paul is a ventriloquist. So I, don't, I don't know if you're aware of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was not. No. Um, so. But he's about as small as one of those dummies. Wow. Oh. That's a six foot dummy. Sorry. Six Hack foot dummy. joke. Had to take um, it. So. Mind you, from my perspective, I was recording a new low. You can catch that every, it's going to be Tuesdays this week, but, and I think it was a Thursday a couple weeks ago, but normally every Wednesday on Twitch, twitch.com, twitch.tv backslash a new low. Um, so I'm recording and I turn around and all I see is the push. Just like, just total happens that I just turn real quick to look and I see the push happen. I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa, what's happening here? And I'm like, Chris Paul had to say something, do something. There had to be something to trigger this. I yeah. was like, that's just so random. And every highlight I'm seeing for like the next for the next day when I wake up and I try to look it up, I just see the push. I'm like, what preceded the push? Nothing preceded the push. It was, I was like, yeah. Nothing. Just walk into the his shot, bench. turns around, starts walking towards the bench, high five in, hugging people. And then Pat Bev was like, nah, man, I can't abide this. He was like, and pushes you know him in the back, which is a punk move, by punk the way. Move. I know Patrick Beverly is a dangerous, dangerous man, yeah, but that's a words. punk move. Um, like, But it was very reminiscent. Jimmy Buckets of, would have pushed him to his face. It was very reminiscent of Above the Rim. At the end of Above the Rim, when uh, I don't know his name in the movie, but in real life, uh, Woody, Woody Harris? No. Woody Harris? Woody, Woody Harrelson? Harris. I think it's Woody Harris. He's an actor. Black guy. He was in The Wire. Um, yeah, Woody Harris. Uh, at the end of Above the Rim, when his team loses, he pulls out a gun and just shoots uh, Leon in the back. It's, it was very reminiscent of that. Like, fuck Jesus. this shit. Bang, bang. Um, have you seen Above the Rim? Very good. Two pockets in it. Dwayne Martin. You should, no, you I have should not. check that out. Uh, you moved to New York. You should check that out. Um, Bernie Mac. Wood Harris, also known from Remember Wood the Harris Titans. Lot, Wood Harris has also been the same age for the past, for all my life, basically. Um, he was. <laughs> Wood Harris was um, Calais Campbell in Remember the Titans. Julius Calais Campbell, Campbell, excuse me. Julius I was like, Calais Campbell? <laughs> Julius Campbell. I was like, how old is Calais Campbell? <laughs> Sorry, Calais is the mayor here in uh, Duval County, even though he um, plays for the Ravens. But yeah, so. Uh, he's already been disciplined. He's going to have a one-game suspension. I don't know how it's only one game. You know who also should get a suspension, though, before we get off this? Frank Kaminsky should get a one-game suspension. Brennan, if you go back <laughs> and look at that clip, Frank Kaminsky is looking at Pat Beverly. The whole fucking setup push 
after you push him, Frank Kamis, he's still just standing there looking at Pat Beverly. Does nothing. Doesn't go to his teammate's defense. One game suspension. Yeah, he should get one game suspension. For being a For punk. not being a goddamn man. All right? Oh, the Chris nah, Paul man. should see. Chris Paul and him have to have a discussion as well. Because, like, bro. Oh, Chris Paul will have a discussion. If there's one thing we learned bruh. about Chris Paul. Bruh, bruh. So. Let's move on to the matchup. Yes. The big matchup. Fear the Deer versus the Valley. Valley of Fire. Um, Valley of Fire. Who you got? <laughs> um, now, I have to. I mean, last week, you know, these are the two teams that we thought would make it. Um, and I said the the Bucks. You did. And I'm staying with the Bucks only if Giannis is playing. Now he's had a couple of days to recover. Game one is on Tuesday, which is tomorrow. If you're listening to, to this today, um, Giannis has been with them. He went to Atlanta with them. He's been on the road with them. So he's not, it's not for not trying. I'm guessing I'm assuming they're working him out every day. He's not staying back kind of like how Kawhi was when they were in Phoenix. So he's on, I already saw the video of him getting on the plane, going to Phoenix. So if he is playing, I will stick with them because I think he's too big of a problem, even at not a hundred percent, just you got to account for him. Um, and lengthwise they can cover everybody on Phoenix. Uh, but I'll shut up. Brendan, who do you have? Phoenix. It's, it's fate. There's no way Phoenix loses the series. I've got Phoenix in six. Um, it's just one of those things where if you follow sports as long as we have, it doesn't matter what the matchup is. It's this is this is how it's going to work out. Tampa Bay was a great example of that last year in the Super Bowl. It's it's it. There's there's bigger things at play here. There's the basketball gods need to give Chris Paul his title. <laughs> Phoenix wins this series in six. But but at the at that same token, you know, bigger things at play. Usually for you to win the title, you have to go through a bunch of, as Wilbon loves to say, you got to go on a tough road, bumps and bruises. Like we said, uh, the Bucks should have gotten yeah. there two years ago. They that's a good point. That, that's a good Kawhi point. Leonard. But last year they lose in the bubble. It's a bubble. <laughs> they were the number one. They, they were on a tear. They lose in a bubble. It's like this would be the year I think, that they would finally push the boulder up the I hill. I think Chris Paul has enough playoff disappointment for that entire Phoenix Suns organization. <laughs> So I understand what you're saying. Is you know, DeAndre this. Ayton and Booker are younger. They haven't had a whole lot of playoff, you know, um, failures this to learn from. Time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think Chris Paul has enough for everybody, especially okay. with the fact that he is put into this this bracket of one of the best small guards to ever play the game. But he never made it to a finals. But he always got bounced in the second round. But I think Chris Paul has plenty of bumps and bruises for the entire, or he's just going to pass it out. He's going to call a team meeting and be like, here you guys go. You know what? You know what? You may, you may be changing my mind because yeah, if he has all the bumps and bruises for the entire, he's got a lot, team, man. I mean, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's career worth. That's Lob a City, career worth he, of fucking playoff. In New Orleans, he, he so didn't, he might, was, he was tough to play with out, New Orleans, you know, the it, it, it was Chris Paul thought, you know, he was better than he was, blah, blah, blah. He goes to, he goes he to LA and it's Lob City. It's, oh, they, they're really entertaining, but they'll never win anything. And then, you know, yeah. 
And then the whole thing with OKC where they all it was roster construction. Yeah, but then the whole thing with OKC where he gets on the team and they're like, oh, don't forget, don't forget Houston. Oh yeah, Houston. That whole hamstring situation goes to yep. Game Seven and then all of a sudden it falls apart. And then he goes to OKC and they're like, basically they were like, oh, we're gonna rest you. You know, we'll do right by you. And he goes, no, fuck that. I'm on the team. I'm playing. Yeah, and people thought people thought he was gonna get bought out. Yeah. Yeah, and he carried that team along with Westbrook, but still like ended Westbrook up. Westbrook wasn't there. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. He Westbrook carried that traded. team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, and so it's just a it's a crazy thing that he's had all this misfortune in the playoffs on teams. To be honest with you, some of them the you know the headlines are right. Like there was a lot of flash, but it was a, a poor roster construction when yeah, it came to I the Clippers. Poor roster construction. Wow. Yeah. Like so that that Clippers team that. Uh, I think he also ended up getting hurt in that series against the the Spurs as well. He did that was because that was the rub after Houston. Everyone was like, "Oh, always gets hurt in the playoffs." Yeah, so that Clippers team, they had the best starting five, like in the whole league. And then, nothing. and then after that, like statistically, that was the best lineup of any team. And then once one of those players went to the bench, all fell apart. Like they had nothing. Yeah, the plus minus just got crazy. Yeah, so yeah, but yeah. I think I think the I think Phoenix takes it in six. That's what I'm going um, with. I'm gonna. I think DeAndre Ayton is gonna run circles around an injured Giannis. I'm gonna stick again. If the if Giannis is playing, I'm not gonna make an excuse. If he's out there, he's out there. I'm sticking with them. But I am happy either way because I like both teams. Honestly, I like Book. I like Paul. I like Paul now. Um, you know what? That documentary. Did you watch the HBO doc by the way? When the day sports stood still on. Okay, so I think that no. doc like ingratiated me a lot to him because it's like, yeah, you are the leader of the player association and you have a lot on your plate and you're really fucking good at basketball. I'll never take that away from him. I just didn't. I just thought he got a lot more credit than um, <clears throat> need be. But yeah, no, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for I'm rooting for good finals. Give me six tough games. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Moving on. So I don't know if our listeners know this, but the Stanley Cup final has been occurring. Uh, not much of a. You forget it. I always forget the sound. <laughs> it's a new thing. We've only been doing that a couple of weeks. Um, I feel like you a no- month. You normally put it in in post. Uh, I feel like two months. Since I've been yeah, doing I know. like that. Um, nah, not really. Since right. I started the new job, so a month. Stanley Cup final. Uh, not much of a final, if I can quote Mighty Ducks uh, 3 like cool. I always like to. I don't know what we're going to hey, talk about here. <laughs> you guys can go ahead and call this one because we can all make it home in time to watch Melrose. Uh, Tampa Bay leads the series 3-0. Three, three um, some of those games have been blowed out. Ooh, game 1, 5-1. Game 2, 3-1. Game 6, a little closer. 6-3. Game 3. <laughs> game 3, sorry. 6-3. Yeah, so... Um, the uh, GM the of game, by the way. how do you feel about that? How yes, feel yes, about? he was. He heard the podcast and was like, "Wait a second, this fucking idiot doesn't know what he's talking about." I'm not. I'm the same age as Stamkos, you moron. Um, but went to great school uh, together. The GM, the GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, made a uh, comment. Almost was the GM. I thought it was or, the mayor. Me, the, okay, the mayor, the mayor, the mayor of Tampa Bay. Uh, saying maybe the uh, Lightning should lose game four to bring it home so they can win uh, game five in Tampa Bay. Everyone who's a sports fan knows that's ludicrous. Obviously, that guy doesn't watch a lot of sports because don't give you never, never give an inch. Yep, because if you give an inch, they're going to take a mile. I think the Canadians might pull this one out, not because of what the mayor said for Tampa Bay, but you cannot simulate 
in any way, shape, or form the sense of urgency that comes mm-hmm. with an elimination game. We see it a lot in sports, especially in series that uh, playoffs that have series where you're down 2-0, 3-0, you're down 3-1, and all of a sudden your backs are against the wall and Paul George freaks out and has 41 points and he's like, no, I'll carry this team. Like, you cannot simulate that. It has to be something you can feel. In Tampa Bay, you know, they just won last year. Maybe they get a little complacent game four. Maybe they're thinking like, we got this all wrapped up. You know, it takes less than a second to score a goal in hockey. We'll see what Um, happens. I think... Now, the only reason I do like what the mayor said, even though you never you never give an inch, uh, is because the families of the players can't go to Canada to celebrate with them. So everything would have to be basically on pause until they yeah. get back. Um, and also because the fans didn't get to. I'm trying to think last year when they won would have been a win at home. I don't I don't remember how the games were set up and how many games that series went at this point. But it would have been technically I think they a won home, at home win. So yeah, kind of like you want that feel good that you missed out on back. Like kind of recapture that. Um but yeah, I mean you got you got the Bucks winning in Tampa with this year or whatever. I, so no, I'm saying you had the Bucks yeah. win in Tampa. Like, oh, you're talking about yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. Well, I did want to point something out because I know we're talking a lot about the series as a whole, but not really about specific statistics. I did want to point this out. So, um, in in three games, Nikita Kucherov leads the Tampa Bay Lightning with 32 points. Uh, Nick Suzuki, who would be um, Montreal's uh, best performing player right now, 15 points. So literally less than half of Nikita Kucherov well, in a mean, three-game series. Course, Nick Suzuki also Nick leads Suzuki in goals with seven. Entire season and Braden Point has 14. And then an entire postseason where Kucherov just came for the playoffs and uh, ran away with it. <laughs> okay. Braden Point leads the Tampa Bay Lightning with uh, goals scored at 14. Nick Suzuki, seven. Saying, Braden, yeah, because Braden now Point he has played this entire season. The pass from the ball, the puck. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and because he, he, he does, he does lead December, assists as well. The so, season doesn't start till yeah, January. I mean, you know that, and you just use a loophole in the system to just not pay anybody in the playoffs, basically. Yeah, sure. Yeah, right. All right. All right. Hey, we had him on ice. What can you say? We had him on ice. Um, But yeah, I got Tampa Bay winning this, winning this whole thing. I think Tampa Bay wins it in five. I think the Canadians are going to flip the fuck out being down three, one They're. I don't think they're going to get swept, but if they do, if a fucking Canadian team, an original six team (laughs) gets swept by a fucking Florida team in the NHL, I will do that. Be happier. Suck it, Giles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Giles and all these fucking original six truthers. You know, have I gone on this rant before? No, I don't think so. Okay, so I hate everyone that's like, oh, the original six haven't won. Oh, the original. Yeah, because there were only six teams, so all the talent were stored on those six teams. Once you add more players, the talent gets dispersed, and you have a bunch of better teams. Why does anybody give a shit if a team in Florida... It's not like the team is fucking birth of Floridians. Yeah. Like, what the fuck also, are you Like, when fucking the Kings were good, like, people were mad about that. Colorado was an original six, and people are like, oh, I don't want them to be good. Like, fuck off. It's just a... It's a game of hockey. 
Rocky. If you want the original six to win, just have the fucking original six and don't make a fucking franchise out of it. Fun fact, the reason why a lot of those Canadian teams won so many at, at the very beginning of the uh, formation yeah, of the NHL. Because if you were, in the province, you had because to if you were the born team. in Canada, they had first dibs at the Canadian players. Um, so that was another big thing. Yeah, like but we obviously know was rigged. That whole thing is debunked now because we saw what the Golden Knights did on a fucking supplemental draft. So exactly. all of that, like you said, there's more teams, there's more dispersion of talent. Like, don't you so, want the, the, the sport and the league to be at its healthiest? Like if no, just Canadians. six teams are winning, like no yeah. one would fucking watch. And nobody really They're just them. mad because no one from Canada has won since like the 90s. Yeah, because if, Let's go. Because they're poorly Moving on. Get your shit together. <laughs> well, just get your shit together. Sorry that the fucking, I mean, honestly, if, if we were being serious, the Panthers would be in the finals too if we didn't have to play you guys. All right, all right, all right, all right. Play the sounder. Play the sounder. Jimmy, I don't like what you're saying there, Jim Kimmel. Josh. Josh. Jim Kimmel. Josh. Um, Panthers fan. Great fans. Boom. Surprise, surprise. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. dun. We are talking NFL. We try to squeeze this in, shoehorn it in every single week if we can. <laughs> With uh, training camp about to start, OTAs behind us, we are going to preview every division. Just a little little quick, hey, what do you think going into next season? We will do our divisions last, so that'll be the NFC East for Joe and then the AFC South for me. First, we are going to start with the division of the champion the reigning champion, the NFC South. We're going to go from worst last season to first. Technically, kind of not because the Saints actually finished better, but the hey, Bucks buddy, won the Super Bowl, on. so they're, they'll are they be last. Oh. Okay, I am recording. It Uh-oh. made it seem like my thing made it seem like I wasn't recording. I was so oh, you nervous. you son of a bitch. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you got real quiet like, on that. Hold on. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I thought you were like pulling a tab up. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll keep talking. You don't have to tell me the whole, like, I got it. Um, I'm a goddamn professional. Sorry. All right. So first we're going to start with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I'll give you my quick rundown of the potential future for them. Taking Kyle Pitts uh, last, uh, this past year in the draft. I think they've got plenty of weapons. You think so? Um, you know, Julio Jones. Oh, oh, oh wait, oh. just kidding. Um, you got me. <laughs> yeah. I think Kyle Pitts. Yeah. I, I said last year, Matt Ryan would probably rebound. Um, if they kept Julio Jones and had Kyle Pitts, I thought they would be, um, and then they have uh Ridley. I thought they would have enough offense to kind of sustain. And then that defense, I don't think they could play any worse than they did last year. A lot of those games, I think it was eight games. They lost by uh, a single score. So they were in a lot of those games. I figured they'd bounce back, go from worst to first, which we've seen in the NFL before, but, um, no, not now they got rid of Julio and given he's hurt a lot, but still like he's, a monster target, especially when it comes to 50, 50 balls. I think Kyle Pitts will play well, but I don't think they're going to have the firepower to score as many points as they need to score. Um, have you looked at this roster? Not that I haven't looked over the entire roster. No, this roster looks so garbage. Really? Bruh, bah. bruh. <laughs> when Russell Gage is your number two, that looks nasty. Yeah. When Taji Sharp is your number three, that looks nasty. Uh, they got a rookie center. I don't know how that's going to work out. Their number one running back is Mike Davis. Really? Bruh. Defense, they lost a lot of people. They got a lot of people still there, but they lost most of their, and honestly, that 
defensive back was hurt at all times. But yeah, no, nah, this roster looks real bad. I don't wow. I look, uh, what is it? Bruce Arthur's a Bruce Arthur got the job. He gonna have yeah. to scheme up some because this roster does not give me six wins. <laughs> Just looking yeah, at Arthur it. Smith. Arthur Smith, thank you. Arthur Smith, who no, um, was the uh, offensive genius behind the Tennessee Titans the last couple of years. You know he's going to do a lot of play action, but they don't have they don't, they don't have, have a, a Derrick Henry. They don't yeah, have a, they don't have a running. They don't back have a running back key in on to then have you single coverage yeah. on the outside, which opens it up for AJ Brown and a uh, Corey Davis last year. So yeah, I I and Calvin Ridley as great as he's been in the past. Most of his games have been alongside Julio, who's been getting doubled. So now Calvin Ridley's going to get doubled. No one is afraid of just of Russell Gage, like. Kyle Pitts, we, we can see what you're going to do at the NFL level, but it's going to be different when safeties and middle linebackers who are just as athletic as you are playing you one-on-one. So That's always something that happens with offensive players from the SEC is you get into the NFL and it's like, and, oh, wait a second. And Matt Ryan, I mean, Matt Ryan hasn't been... Oh, shit, I forgot to put this on the list. I don't know how the fuck... Was it PFF? Yeah. Had Matt Ryan's seventh or whatever? Fucking these people are fucking trolls, I tell you. But... Yeah, no, like, no, Matt Ryan is not that dude. Where did they have Lamar Jackson on that? Literally since Kausha. 10, (laughs) 10, 10. Unbelievable. I I don't think Matt Ryan can play at an MVP level, but I think, I think. Who's PFF? Pro football focus. Mike Florio? Yeah, I think he's a member. Mike Florio in the throat. I think Matt Ryan still has another year or two left in him. Does PFF kick him in the throat, too? (laughs) Moving on, Carolina Panthers. Um, Carolina Panthers. Yeah, we're going to move on to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, uh, big Biggest news. Christian McCaffrey should be healthy. Uh, yes. He should be going also in. big news. If he goes down, they got Juba, Juba Hubbard. <laughs> what? Juba Hubbard. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the. Oklahoma State. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's the the rookie we talked about. Yeah, you exactly, have him in your, yeah. your top. Yeah, your top rookie running backs. God, they've got a lot of running backs on this yeah, roster. Um, Sam Darnold in the trade they got him. I was the, a big proponent of trying to keep Sam Darnold, uh, trying to uh, make that work. Uh, they also have PJ Walker, who everyone knows from AF fame. Uh, he was was he AF or was he? I think he was XFL. Okay, XFL. One of those. One of those uh, knockoff. Uh, leagues. And they but, have Will Greer from Drugs Over the Counter fame. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> I think, so the Panthers is a very interesting situation because Christian McCaffrey only played in three games last year, who's their best offensive weapon. Um, I think they'll be better this year, but I still think they're going to finish towards the bottom. I think Sam Darnold needs a year in the system to kind of get used to everything that's going to be happening. Uh, obviously, uh, Matt Rule is their head coach. He's one of those young gun college guys from uh, last year or the year before he became the head coach. Um, I think his system can work, uh, but I think it's going to be a lot of a lot. It's going to be on Sam Darnold. A lot is going to be on Sam Darnold. Yeah, I'm I'm more so interested to see what they're going to do with the defense, uh, with their defense. Why is that defense? <laughs> with the defense. <laughs> They did get a, like AJ Boye, my like boy from uh, last week. Uh, defensive yeah. man, like, huh? um, yeah, but Boye. They did suspended. take JC Horn, uh, JC Horn, uh, Dante Jackson, uh, as their two corners. Denzel Perriman, former University of Miami standout. Shaq Thompson in the middle. Um, 
So I'm interested to see what they're going to do with the backside of that defense as well as uh, the front seven. Uh, if they can simulate some type of pressure without having to blitz. Uh, but yeah, their they're receiving yeah. core is very well, interesting. And- a lot of slight, fast guys. Uh, they don't have really a, a big X. Um, Robbie Anderson, more of a burn you than a jump up and catch you type of guy. Uh, Darnold has been yeah a- inaccurate with his deep ball. So I don't know how they're going to mesh that um but like last year i'm interested to see where this team goes i'm super interested this is a team i like just you know seeing what yeah. is, especially when you make that big commitment to the like you said the coach coming out of college matt rule who did what like two years at baylor and then he got this huge deal so then yeah. it was a temple and then yeah then he got this big deal uh yeah, so I'm interested to see uh, the, the team I think is going to probably finish dead last in the NFC South is the next team we're going to talk about, and that's the New Orleans Saints. Uh, dead last? Dead last. I believe in Sean Payton. I love Sean Payton. You know who I don't trust? Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston will be the starter. Um, and I, I don't know. Maybe that uh, we haven't seen him since he got the LASIK. We haven't seen him in a full starting role yet. Exactly. He was the number one pick. Didn't he, he play a couple games last year? Yeah, no? but he, yeah, but not as like the no, true no, starter. No, 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 no. Taysom Hill started. That's right. Yeah, but he, I mean, he got in a couple of games, but he, yeah. it wasn't much to go off of. I will remind everybody they do have Alvin Kamara. I will remind everybody Jameis Winston what did lead the league in uh, yards just two years ago, but. Mm-hmm. That's because he threw th- it a thousand times a game. Yeah, and had also led the league in interceptions by quite a quite a large margin. Only really player nice in the history of the NFL burger. to do thirty for thirty. Uh, thirty touchdowns and thirty interceptions. But we ain't talking ESPN. I think the stability that was Drew Brees, the 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 field general that was Drew Brees, uh, they lost that. He retired. I don't think I think that's gonna have a huge impact on the offense. Also, my man Trey Hendrickson out of FAU, Florida Atlantic, oh, go Owls, is no longer with the team. They didn't re-sign him. They Bengals. still have Cam Johnson, but he's yeah, he now plays for the Bungles. Uh, but they also have Marcus Davenport. Don't sleep on him. Yeah, that's true. I mean, their defense. We we were never worried about their defense. Their defense every year. It, the Saints for the past decade have been one of those teams where everyone talks about the offense, but they have always had sneaky like top five defense. So I'm not worried mm-hmm. about their defense. I just think that. Since there. Rob left. Say again? Since Rob left. I was saying when Rob Ryan was there, it was like, man, this defense is really bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Once yeah. he left, and I think they picked up like Marshawn Lattimore right after that, they kind of like got Yeah, so uh, maybe not the last decade, maybe the last yeah. five years. They've yeah. But they've always had like a, a pretty good defense the last couple of years, and especially in the um, – in the defensive backfield between safeties and corners, yeah. they've always been able to, and Lattimore is just insane uh, the way he can lock down players. But I think with Drew Brees being off of that team, I think it's going to have a huge impact on the um, offense. I think it's going to have I a think, huge think, impact. I don't think it's going to have a huge impact. I think they're... Uh, Mark it here. They're dead last <laughs> in the NFC South. I don't agree with you there. Um, their offensive line is still their offensive line. They haven't had much turnover there so they're gonna have a lot of stability up that's front true. and, and Alvin Kamara is still gonna be there you guys gotta tell Jameis Kamara Kamara Abubaka Kamara I'm gonna go Kamara um now I wanna say Kamara uh you gotta tell Jameis like hey you can trust this guy out of the backfield you know you don't have to chuck it 30 yards downfield and just throw a 50-50 ball you can just dump it off to Alvin and he can get you those 50 yards on his own um yeah, and we got to yep. see a bounce back from Michael Thomas. Not that he had a bad year last year, just he missed a lot of time last year. I was about to say he, he just had a missed weird so much year last year. 
it was like I, there was just no consistency in his play. Um, so yeah, I I think they'll be number two in the division again. I don't know why Brandon has them behind that terrible Atlanta and then Sam Darnold in a feeler year. I think Matt Ryan bounces. You know. You know what the, the the general thing is? All of these teams, well, except Carolina. Um, so basically, just the other two teams have consistency at quarterback. Consistency. Um, speaking of year. consistency at quarterback. Oh, no, no, no! I'm saying other than Sam Darnold, I'm saying Matt Ryan. I know. And I know I'm trying to stop the consistency of quarterback. Um, the goat. Because I just realized oh. the Saints finished the year number one last year, so they're gonna have a number one schedule. So that they're still not gonna be last. But they're gonna have a yeah. tough go at it. But they get to play the Steelers, who are also a number one team last year. <laughs> but do you God, that right fell apart real fast. We'll get to that in a couple of weeks. Oh yeah. Speaking so speaking of everywhere. consistency in quarterback, I know he's only been there one year, but he is the goat. Yeah, the greatest of all time. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I have them finishing number one. They literally pulled a fucking polar bear out of a hat to joke quote Tover Matheson, very funny St. Augustine comic. Yeah. They re-signed Edna. everybody they needed Eternal. to re-sign. All of them. <laughs> All of them. Yep. And so I think they're going to be just fine. Nothing else to say about it. We've talked about this roster ad nauseum over the last season. The defense is impeccable. Offense is uh, sustainable. Um, Tom Brady turns it on when he needs to turn it on. The offensive line is going to be healthy. Um, uh, yeah. they're they're. I yeah, think they're the team the to beat. Only, the only thing that could derail them is Peyton Manning was it 2015 2016 if Tom Brady just falls off a cliff and is just instantly old yeah that's the only thing that is going to derail this team from winning the division outright which will happen we say it every like the last three seasons everyone's like oh see he's not the same Tom Brady but it will happen eventually I think the thing that worries me about it is it's very much like um, packages that Al Jazeera hasn't uncovered yet. Uh, it's it, it reminds me of um, the guy in every movie that's got like nothing to lose, and then they end up you know getting killed halfway through the movie, kind of a thing um, where it's like he's out there and he's like, "I'm gonna play till I'm 47. I'm just gonna keep playing. I'm <laughs> and he's gonna take a hit and he's gonna be done." Like it's going to be one hit coming off the edge, some 340 pound defensive end or tackle. But what I have heard from uh, defenders of Tom Brady in the past, they uh, one person specifically, I can't remember who it was, but they made a comparison what it was like tackling Ben Roethlisberger versus like tackling Tom Brady. They said, when you tackle Ben Roethlisberger, it's like you're running into a fucking uh, a, a stone, basically. He's he's always yeah. upright. He's always like a boulder. Yeah. yeah, he's a giant boulder, always trying to stay up and all that stuff. But they said, when you touch Tom Brady, he turns into jello. He just folds immediately. Like he doesn't, Yeah, he, he can. avoids big hits because he's just, he just succumbs to the hit basically. It's so yeah. weird. You lean into it. You lean yeah. into it. Just let it happen. Just let it happen. All right. That's it. That's our wrap up of the NFC South. So for just a quick recap, I'm going to have one to four. I've got Bucks. Falcons, Panthers, Saints. You got the fuck. Oh my god. Uh, I have Bucks, Saints, Panthers, Falcons. Wow. Yeah, just gonna run it back from last year. Moving uh, on. Falcons just they just look terrible. And you'd be surprised how quick. Quick, Mayman hits. Quick hit. 
All right. Quick hits. Quick. We're going to go super quick. Quick. Um, this is going to be just a quick back and forth, either between Joseph and myself or just uh, one of us talking on a topic. <laughs> Give me the full Joseph. There, huh? <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, take it away with the first one. Um, why well, I just want to ask you, had you seen this story? Yes. Of course I saw it. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm just checking. Uh Shikari Richardson, uh Phenom track star. Meta human. Yeah. Um she after clinching what one of the best times in Oregon last week at the US trials, uh tested positive for marijuana. Marijuana is a banned substance under the water. Um, even though it's legal in most states not in most states, in a lot of states in the US, it's legal in Colorado not Colorado, uh Oregon where she got it and took it. Um, and she's been disqualified from competing in the Olympics, Brennan. What is your thoughts? A lot of people have been giving their opinions. So Yeah. Um, so two things. One, I think it's incredibly um, short-sighted that marijuana is a banned substance for all the good that it does, especially when it comes to alleviating pain in athletes and things like that. So the fact that it's a banned substance, I think, is dumb. But... To counterpoint to that, it's a banned substance. You got to know. You're an Olymp- you're an Olympian. You have to know that. You have to. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's kind of where I fall as well. Um, but people quick to jump down her throat. I feel like I as soon as I heard the news, saw the news, I said, guys, one, let's wait to see her response because if she comes out and she's like, I shouldn't be banned. I shouldn't be banned. Then it's like, okay, you don't have any accountability or any knowledge of like what's going on. And two, I was like, wait, didn't she just find out her birth mom died like three weeks ago or something? Uh, so I was like, she could be dealing with stress, not know how to cope. And she came out and to her credit, the first two things she said was, I fully take responsibility for this. I knew what was banned and I shouldn't have taken it. Yes. But my mom died and I used it as a coping mechanism and I shouldn't have, but I did. And yeah, I'm going to have to pay the, do the time for it. So I was like, all right. And she's, she, she'll be back. Like she's She's not going anywhere for sure. Yeah. And it's, it's, See, I saw the opposite. I saw a lot of people coming to her aid. Like this shouldn't be banned. This is ridiculous that it's banned. Like coming down, the Olympic a lot of people, committee's throw. A lot of people in the, a lot of athletes, yeah. a lot of high profile people immediately came to her defense. But a lot talking of talking heads, yeah. Just regular folks on Twitter. Oh, Jesus. Not even talking heads, just Twitter fingers, just like, oh, she knew she wasn't supposed to. The thing I like ah, about it is like, the bro, fact that she came up and human. was like, yeah, this is on me. Like, I cannot stand. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, like when people were yeah. outraged, I was like, can we wait for her to talk? Like, before we. We talked, like, about, oh, this. So we talked about this last year with Tom like, Brady, where just... he was throwing everyone else under the bus. And I was like, I can't fucking stand that when an athlete is like, no, it's everyone else's fault. It's not my fault. And, I, you know, yeah. for her to come out, then that just shows the kind of person that she is. She's a very strong, yeah. independent woman. And she said, no, this is on me. I made a mistake. I did it willingly. And you know what? I'll be back in four years. I'll see you all in three years. Three years. I'll see you. Yeah. Uh, uh Somebody, I was having this conversation. News broke while I was at work, and we were having this conversation. Somebody said, uh, that's so immature. It was something pertaining to her age, and I was like, one, 21 is technically an adult, but you're not an adult at 21. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I was like, you're not an adult at 21. And I was like, can we wait to see how she responds 
before we jump down her throat. Because if she responded takes responded better than a forty-six-year-old quarterback, yeah, I was like, if she takes responsibility for everything, then it's like, all right, yeah, she she messed up, but she knew she messed up, and let's keep it pushing. So, I just wanted to touch on that story because that was a big Good. topic. Um, so yeah, speaking of big topics, of big Joe's topics. number one topic, number one topic with a bullet every week: the WNBA, folks. The my Atlanta Dream were able to beat the Liberty uh, earlier this week. Courtney Williams, who got her first. WNBA All-Star selection um, put 18 to t- carry them across the way. Um, and then a couple of days later, Benaja, mm, mm, yes, Benaja Laney uh, was able to stave off Tina Charles's 31, 16, and three block performance for the Washington Mystics to help the uh, Liberty win that game. And then a bit of payback here. Uh, Dallas Wings took on Chicago after losing to them two nights before. Uh, where is he? Off the bench, Mar- Maria May- Mabry, I believe that's her name, put out 28 points to carry the Wings over the threshold there uh, against Candace Parker and her 22. So great games there. Brennan, keep it moving. Give it moving. Quick hits. Euro 2020. I don't know if you are aware, but there's a lot of football afoot. A lot of football on the foot. Uh, have you been keeping track of any of this, by the way? Uh, I have been keeping track of a little bit of it. Um, I was shocked um, at that uh, England-Ukraine uh, game. England put a four-burger on them. Um, to advance. I talked to a buddy of mine at work who's a huge uh, international football fan. And he goes, Ukraine had no business even being there. Right now, We've got Italy and Spain uh, for the semifinals. And then we also have England and Denmark on their historic Cinderella story yes. kind of a run. Um, and then that'll they uh, the winners of those will compete for the Euro World Championship. Or excuse me, the European Championship. Stadium. It's not a world championship. But uh, uh, b- uh, before I wanted to get to that, I got to say Belgium missed Belgium miss their window. So basically... To give you a little backstory, every uh, country has their quote unquote golden age. So it's basically when you have a bunch of players that are playing top tier football around the world and whatnot. Um, and Belgium has three, probably some of the biggest names in Lukaku, uh, Eden, Eden Hazard, um, and uh, Kevin De Bruyne. And De Bruyne was hampered by injury. Hazard wasn't able to play. Lukaku was able to put a goal against Italy. And no one thought Italy would be at this point. And Italy hasn't lost a game in the last five matches. So Belgium yeah. has wasted their golden age, a lot of people are saying. Um, also did not foresee France going out in the way they did to Switzerland. Uh, ended up losing on PKs. Uh, Mbappe never able to score a goal the entire tournament. Uh, pretty shocking there after having the uh, World Cup he had a couple years ago. Um, so yeah, uh, at this point, it's Italy's to Spain, lose. Spain, Italy's Italy. to lose. How about I say it's not Italy's to lose? Um, it's England's to lose, honestly. Because uh, England, it's going to be on their home turf. Yeah, it's in final. London. Um, and you sound England, like you're from London. It happens when I talk soccer. Um, in England, also. Uh, they've always been, you know, the little engine that could, the three lines as they referred to, because that's what they weigh on their crest. Um, they've always been pushing the boulder up the hill, boulder up the hill, boulder up the hill, and they've always fallen short. So can they And they're going to fall short again this year, year to Italia. <laughs> it, you did say it right, technically. 
<laughs> I did. I did. Um, quick. Quick. Joey. Motherf- I was waiting for a sounder. I'm so confused oh. <laughs> now. Joey motherfucking chestnut, baby. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, every 4th of July is the Na- uh, Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Joey Chestnut, uh, world champion competitive eater, down 78, if I'm not 76 mistaken. 76 world record. 76 hot dogs, world record. Disgusting human being. I think it's horrific. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I love Joey Chestnut. He's uh, been a competitive eater for a while. He's been in my life for a long time. I'm glad that... Um, yes. Uh, Hakamura, is that the Japanese gentleman who was winning before? Uh, I can't remember his name. Um, He's referred to as like Eater X now or something. Oh, really? Well, I'm glad Joey Chestnut's bringing it back for the home state. Uh, Love me. I would say he's been out for a while. He got like the Naismith competition like banned him or something. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Joey Chestnut, 76. It's I think it's disgusting, but it's still a feat of human endurance. And it's crazy to see, but it is gross. What do you think? Um, very cool for Joey to break the record that was set a couple years ago. Uh, a lot of bets were placed, DraftKings and whatnot. Um, and yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm just trying to be able to get Homeboy's name because I know his name, Kobayashi. Jesus, Kobayashi, that's it, man. Um, but yeah, no, very cool. One of the things that happens every July 4th. Shout out to Mike Gold Jr. for calling it this uh, the past two years, actually. Um, go Joe. Uh, so yeah, um, just wanted to throw a little Americana in there because yesterday was the fourth. Perfect. So, speaking of Americana, the match coming up tomorrow on TNT. They know drama. Um, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, it's Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady that? versus <laughs> DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers. I knew that. Uh, I've got. I'm sticking with my. I'm sticking with my crew. I'm Phil Mickelson sticking and Tom Brady. Too competitive. Too, too elite, too much experience. Uh, speaking of Phil, did you see that story about Phil uh, over this past weekend? No. What happened? So in the Detroit, I think it was the Detroit Free Press, they published um, some court findings because, you know, Phil, avid gambler. You know? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, and a lot of shady shit in Phil's press. A lot of stuff. What's well, in the Detroit Free Press? SEC. Um, sorry. But in the Detroit Free Press, they published a story that... Um, Basically, Phil and his bookie just some just some gambling things. Um, Phil got really in his feelings. Like, I don't know if I ever want to return to Detroit. Oh, if you guys do a hundred acts of kindness and sign this petition, then I'll, I'll come back to Detroit because you know the people love me here. It's like, oh, go fuck off, man. You're a gambling addict, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just keep it moving. Um, Keep, Keep it moving, moving, baby. But so you saw Michael Jordan in the thirty in the in the the, well, the last yeah, dance. Yeah, we saw like, what happened. Just keep it moving, man. You got your house. You got your wife. You're not selling your shoes. Like, yeah, you're fine. You know. Just, Let's all not forget that Joe has DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers, and when they lose, I will run circles around him in victory. All right, moving on. Walk off. Then you know. Also, Brady. If we saw anything from last year, not that good. At one good shot, but not that good. It's good to control the drops. All right. <laughs> the walk-off is the essay portion. Um, so this is something that I kind of discovered uh, happenstancely uh, when discussing this with Joe the other day. So we've done a walk-off for every single show, pretty much, except the ones where we doubled up. Um, and I thought, hey, we might have some new listeners. 
So I'm going to go back and revisit some of my original walk-offs, some of the first walk-offs. And with the passing of Howard Stellenberger, my coach from college, because I originally wrote this when he was still alive. Aren't I going first? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I hosted this week. You are going first. I, was, I thought you said this. I apologize. <laughs> um, yes. Since I hosted it, Joe will be going first. So we'll get back to mine in a second. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> shut up. And that, that that was a little too dismissive because I know what your walkout's going to be. But um, I don't know how much time you have, but you're going to walk away. You got you got to find out of my time. I really just I'm 30 just seconds. Like, I got to go pee pee really, really bad. All right. Go for it. All right, Mike Garano. Um, all right. So my walk off is going to be welcome to Atlanta. This is weird. I just feel like a person talking to himself. I have no one to look at. So as you all know, the Atlanta Hawks were in the Eastern Conference Finals. And one thing I've heard about Atlanta sports fan is that transient town, transient city, a lot of people that not from here move here, blah, 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 blah. The fans aren't really that diehard. And that is not what I saw. I saw a fan base rally around a team similar to the same way I saw a fan base rally around the Atlanta United a couple years ago when they won the MLS Cup. Yes, folks, I am bringing soccer back. Um, but yeah, no, I saw I saw a passionate, dedicated fan base. Uh, conversations I was having with friends who are from here, um, constantly asking me my opinion, my thoughts, and what the team needed to do, what they had to do uh, to get a win. And a myriad of texts from other people who know I like sports uh, reaching out to me, you know, to touch on the game and whatnot. And uh, all culminating with this game six, I went, uh, I ventured out to a bar. Uh, I I wanted, I said I wanted to go for at least the first half and be among some people. And I was in a wall to wall packed bar uh, and people living and dying with every single shot. it was crazy to see. It's something I hadn't seen in so long because of the pandemic. It was the first time I went to a bar to watch a sporting event. So just seeing all these people who have been called fair weather fans, uh, transient city, uh, a lot of people here don't care about the team. So you see the people in the state, in the stadium, cheering, rooting, doing all the antics that you want your home team to be doing. And then to be in the bar where I'm seeing older women upset that Middleton is making a shot or talking about Drew Holiday and a jump ball. It's like, yeah, I think Atlanta gets a very bad rap, and I think there are real sports fans here. And also, can we stop judging other sports fans? Like, that's the dumbest thing ever. So, yeah, welcome to Atlanta. Boom. I've made a walk-off career in judging other sports fans. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) It's so interesting. Panthers fans are real fans, all right? It's weird because uh, I forgot that I almost forgot during these playoffs that you that you lived in Atlanta because you haven't been going out I a know, lot. I so it's just like, oh, yeah. So, I have a weird gripe. Um, we have the same exact microphone. In fact, you bought your microphone on my yeah, request your and your light turns blue on yours, but mine does not. Really? I, I hate that, that my light turns blue because when I'm trying to go to sleep, it's I have a I have a just a. Oh, it's frustrating for me because I'm always like, I know it's on. I know it's I recording. Put a tape, but you maybe can't I just see, have a I bad have light. A tape to try to dull the blue. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I guess I'm glad that <laughs> well, mine you also doesn't don't turn sleep blue. sleep in the same room where your microphone is. So. That's true. Well, I will. Ooh. Moving forward. Hey, hopefully. Unless everything <laughs> falls apart. Anyway, 
Uh, Joe, shout out. My walk-off will be, as I alluded to, um, about oh my, my college football coach, Howard Schnellenberger. This is a walk-off. I really had to pee. Normally, I hold it. Um, full disclosure to everybody. I When we record in the afternoon, I'm coming straight from the gym. And I'm pretty good about like, I got it. But this time, I couldn't do it. Um, so yeah, Howard Schnellenberger, who passed away recently, um, was my college football coach. Uh, he, I wrote this walk off while he was still alive, uh, just to kind of go over how I knew him. Um, but with his passing and the fact that we probably have new listeners and the fact that it was a really good walk off, I'm going to do it again. Um, so just called Howard Schnellenberger. In my past walk off a true underdog story, I briefly described going to Florida Atlantic University to play football. I will save the listeners by not rehashing that story. Haha, ha, I'm rereading an old walk off. But there is a moment that I did not do justice. That was my first meeting with legendary football coach Howard Schnellenberger, or as some of my teammates more affectionately called him, Schnell Dog. In the summer of 2007, after taking time off to get in the best shape possible and working with my uncle to make my dream of playing Division I college football a reality, we drove down to Florida Atlantic University for my orientation. In the time that I graduated high school until then, my uncle and I spent countless hours sending out film, writing letters, and talking to coaches. This is not to say my high school coach did not try to get me recruited right out of high school, but his idea was smaller schools I could play offensive line at, which wasn't my idea. I decided to go to FAU for reasons mentioned in previous walk-offs, but mainly because they still used a fullback in their offense. After touring the campus and doing all the corny orientation activities, it was time to meet with the wide receivers coach, Daryl Jackson. He was the coach responsible for recruiting out of East Central Florida. We had already spoken at length with Coach Jackson before my arrival. He was the reason I was comfortable trying to play at FAU. He showed us the athletic center, the locker room, and we talked specifics uh, for being a preferred walk-on and what the benefits to that entailed. For example, meal plan, books, academic advisors, etc. Then... As we reached the end of our afternoon, he asked if we wanted to meet coach. Even And even though I was filled with anxiety and nerves, I said, of course, of course we did. Context for those of you listening who might not understand the gravity of this simple interaction. Coach Howard Schnellenberger is a legend in football. He recruited Joe Namath to Alabama for Bear Bryant, was an assistant on the 72 Dolphins undefeated season, and gave the U their first national championship. He also turned around Louisville and Oklahoma's programs before starting the program at FAU as something to do because he was not ready to retire. He has fields and athletic centers named for him. My uncle explained all this to me in the drive down. Coach was smash mouth, old school football personified. In my head, he was not a person. He was a myth, a legend, and an idea of what football was. So walking into his office was a defining moment in my life. After Coach Jackson gave the introductions, coach took over. He had a quiet way about him, but you could tell his brain was turning, calculating every answer, every move, every subtle gesture. The second question he asked wasn't about football at all, but it was about basketball. This legend in the world of football did not want to talk football at all. Oh, I just doubled up that line, but basketball. I was incredibly nervous when he asked if I played and I told him the truth that I did not play in high school, but I did play with friends to stay in shape. He followed that up with, well, did you play in the paint or shoot and shoot layups or did you shoot from the outside? Aha. I thought this had to be a trick question or one of those choose your own adventure games where if I say the wrong thing, I'm out. It's over. What to say though? If I say I played from down low, does that mean I am tough, but have no confidence in my shot? Do I look like a scared little boy? If I say I only took outside shots, what is the right answer? 
I just answered truthfully. I told him I worked my ass off on defense and I didn't get the ball often, but when I did, if I had the outside shot, I would take it. He paused and said, good, that means you have coordination. Any big bozo can shoot a layup. Then we all laughed. Here I was, an 18-year-old kid sitting with my uncle who was more excited than I was laughing and talking with a legend. I was not some highly touted recruit, an all-state or an all-American player, but I was just a kid who wanted to play D1 football but had no business actually playing it. That did not matter to Coach Schnellenberger. He wanted guys who had heart, miles and miles of heart. He, of course, recruited amazing talent to every university he was at, but he also gave guys who may have slipped through the cracks a chance, a chance to prove their worth. He made us feel valued, not as much as the big fancy recruits, but way more so than other big schools that laughed at me on the phone when I asked about playing for them. Coach Schnellenberger will forever be my favorite coach. Even though we did not have a ton of interaction after that day, he always remembered my name and would push all of us to be the best we could be. I know there was a whole array of things that went into me playing at FAU, but in my mind, it'll always be the moment sitting on the couch in his office with my uncle laughing at him say, Bozo, that's my coach. <laughs> oh, that last slide took it out of me. God, I had it. I had it the whole way in that, that last line. God, you... You kept up way more than I remember you did last. I was like, you know what? You know what? Second yeah, time around. Yeah, yeah, that's why I'll, I'll reread my sad ones and that way I don't cry during them. <laughs> no, but. You might actually be able to hear them through the book. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to uh, just reread <laughs> that since Coach Howard Stoneberger did die uh, this past month and we're having a big memorial thing for him she in did September. did not die this past month. This past, like, past, past month. Two months ago. He did. I'm not looking it up, but he died like it's what, July. It's the beginning of July. Three weeks. I'm maybe your walk off, huh? Like he died like two weeks after your walk off, or a week after your walk off. Was the it? first time you did it? It's been a while. It's a long year, Brendan. We're in July. We're in we're in July. Oh yeah, so it was March. Yeah, I was like, we're in July, man. <laughs> okay, so not counting July, it was three months ago. Okay, since we just started July. All right. Again, RIP to Coach Now. As I said then, and I say now, he turned the University of Miami into what it is today. Um, I actually talked to, I think he ended up playing for him. Somebody I know played for him at Louisville. Um, oh, really? Yeah, he was there before Coach got there, and uh, Coach got there in his final year, and uh, he said that Coach just, he was just the greatest, basically. Like, he wished he played yeah. for him all four years. Um, he yeah, got recruited him. to He's go to best. Miami at that time. Uh, and, but Miami wasn't Miami yet. This was like 79, I believe he said, or like, yeah, he oh, was wow. like, Miami wasn't Miami yet. And quickly in his, uh, tenure at Louisville, Miami became Miami. And he was like, dang, yeah. I probably should have went to Miami. <laughs> yeah. It was really cool. So, yeah. Especially cause like, it was one of those things where I didn't really know who he was when I first went down there. But my uncle kept talking about him. And then when you got in his presence, you were like, oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Totally get it. Yeah. Did I ever recommend the uh, Bomani Jones when he was doing his pod series on the University no. of Miami? Or you might have, but. Oh, yeah. He he had did. Um, they were he does a book club every summer and they were going over. I can't remember the name of the book now uh, because this is a couple months ago. Um, but, yeah, they were doing it on you basically and like the first two chapters are about 
uh, Chanel and how he turned the whole system around. And yeah, it was just glowing reviews. And I was like, oh, I should really tell Brandon to listen to this because he would really love this. Yeah, that would be but, awesome. I should listen to that. I'll find that and I'll send that to you. But yeah, so I did mine already. Yeah, right? here we go. Moving on. Press yeah. conference. And we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. Brandon, plug your wares. All right. Uh, I also do comedy. BrandonTcomedy.com. Uh, check out uh, the merch store. You can check out. I don't have any upcoming dates. The Farewell to Florida tour is over. Getting ready for a gigantic move, hopefully. So I will be focused on that. Not doing any comedy for a little while, but you can also check out my other podcast. Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and that's, that's uh, comedy. That's uh, that's one where uh, <laughs> it is comedy. It's just what you said. I'm not doing any comedy, but I have a comedy podcast. No, I don't know. I'm not doing any yeah, actual <laughs> stand up, but I do have the podcast and that's where I'm sober now. Great show. Love I'm the sober, show. Yeah, Joe is a Patreon subscriber. I'm sober now, but um, one of my favorite things to do is hang out with comics, musicians, actors, anybody, anybody really, and just kind of shoot the shit about old drinking stories, getting it's in trouble stories, well. party stories, things like that. So it's called Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. Check that out. And also you can subscribe on patreon.com slash Brennan Tassif. Joe. Joe. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorville. You can follow this show's the Twitter and Instagram at Cheering Press. Um, check out a new low.co uh, to get all the other pods on there. Uh, you can check out my website, joedorville.com, to check out uh, my music under the moniker Headphone Joe, no O, no E in the phone, TV and TV season two. Also, my merch, I will be having a collection dropping this week, maybe, or next week. I'm still up in the air when I want to, or it might be the start of next month. Who knows? I just finished the graphics on it yesterday. Um, so, yeah, uh, Brennan, let me do this right. Get me out of here because I want to go play basketball. And that's why we. Oh, and that's why we play the game. Hello. Hello. You shout out Howard Schnellenberger again. Always. Forever. Oh. I'm throwing the U up right now. It's not an auditory you thing. You can't see it, but he's got the U. You have been listening to the Anulo Podcast Network. We have four tremendous podcasts on our current roster. If you like the hit Broadway musical Hamilton, then you also might enjoy hearing the Ham Boys rank every song from the Hamilton soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast with hosts Headphone Joe and Kyle Loader. Get your sports talk radio fix with Cheers from the Press Box featuring Headphone Joe Dorville and stand-up comedian Brennan Tassif. Curious about how the brain works? Get your neuroscience knowledge with some laughs at Misbehavior Journal Club. This fortnightly science-slash-comedy podcast is where two lady researchers bring you the latest studies on behavior. It stars Amiel Moreno and Leah, a.k.a. Leah, or vice versa, Krevit. Finally, we have a new low. The podcast has started it all. This show features Farzad, Headphone Joe, Kyle Loader, L. Greg, and Scott by Scott. They discuss anything and everything depending on their moods or their level of sobriety at the time. Thank you for supporting the Anulo Network, and feel free to share your favorite episodes with friends and family. Thanks again, and goodbye.